All right, well, before we begin, everybody, internet is good tonight, right? I hope so. <laughs> I just restarted sharp. my computer, too. We need to be sharp here. It's a figurative, 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 figurative fact, daddy. Yeah, you know I got my Diane brush. I don't know what the fuck it's called. It's my brush, though. It's <laughs> everywhere I go, it goes. <laughs> Not either new... The young boys that be in the waves and shit, niggas got like different uh, name of brushes and shit. Like, you know, companies is like actually getting smart and cashing in on the whole market because they understand that like we care about how we look and shit. Right. So, you know, and a lot of them is us too. So that's the good part about it. So it's like, you know, you be seeing them dudes that be them waivers, as they like to call them. Yeah. They got YouTube channels and all that. I mean, it's cool. I get it. They they feel like they're putting out content. I don't know if that shit is like, you know, that serious to be like, yo, follow my YouTube channel so you can see me brush my hair and wash my waves. Nah, bro, but they really be, it be on some like, oh, I'm, I'm giving you mad tips. And it be dudes with the beards too, but it's mad people that, you know, that's out here like showing you. Then then I saw one video, Um, I guess the dude that was in jail or whatever. So he was like, yo, that's how you get waves in jail. You seen the joint, but you put your hand in the bag and you keep put going over your head or whatever because you don't got a brush. Yeah, they um I remember once um um this cat this when I was working in Queens and I was um waiting for the bus headed home and I'm just sitting there brushing my head, brushing my head. Mm-hmm. And he was like, Oh, you out here just killing time. So I'm like, What? Like it shit caught me so off guard. I'm like, fuck you mean. He's like, nah, that's what we call it up north. You know what I'm saying? When they just be brushing their ass called killing time. The way, he's, the way he said it originally, he was like, he had a problem. I'm like, fuck is you talking about, yo? He's yeah. like, nah, nah, that's, you know, I see you got your waves. That's how niggas get them up north, man. You know, just be all day, wong, 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 brushing. I'm like, oh, all right, all right. Long story, long story short, I let him get watch, on the bus watch first. Out for niggas, Eric. Yeah, watch out yeah that's, that's why I said, long story short, when, when the bus came, I let him get on first. And, but, oh, you going to the back? I'm going to sit over here. Stay over there. But they come stay over here. <laughs> you ain't telling me you used to have braids and, and ask me if you knew how to do box braids? No. Nope. Nope. Nah. <laughs> it, wasn't, it wasn't a necessary conversation. It wasn't necessary. <laughs> you, you made the right the right move, Eric. Our ancestors fought long and hard for you to be able to sit on the front of that damn bus. Right. You sit exactly. your ass on the front of that bus. Exactly. <laughs> but, but, but let's talk about it, though. So, like, y'all didn't – well – I don't know about you, Eric, but if you if you went to school outside of New York City, like you 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 took buses to school and stuff like that or whatever, and and sitting in the back of the bus was definitely the way. You you had to sit in the front. You got. But you knew those people though, Sean. You knew those people when you sit on the back of the bus. So it's a random prison dude that Eric was not trying to sit on the back of the bus. (laughs) (laughs) Word. Plus, any man like sunflower seeds and 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 weed ripped out in the back of the bus. Like the back of the bus be crazy, yo. Yeah, filthy. There's nobody back there. When I left New York, that was the first time I had ever rode on a yellow bus. Cause you know the stigma in New York. You yeah. see that yellow oh, yeah. bus pull up. Yeah, you but, ride a yellow bus somewhere else. Yeah. yeah, but outside outside of New York, every every school had you bust in on a yellow bus. Mm-hmm. And uh like you said, you you go to the back, you try to get that nap, get a little sleep, depending on how long the ride was to school. Mm-hmm. Um, and then as Broke. you became more popular, you back there holding court. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, it, it, it's like a, it's like a hierarchy. So, like, if you if you a little younger, you in the middle of the bus and you a little closer to the back. If you ain't really with the with the shit, you closer to the front or whatever. But if you're trying to hear what's going on in the back of the bus, you're gonna stay right there. 
But mm-hmm. yeah, nah, shit, shit goes down on the bus though. But anyways, this edition of shooting the shit, shooting the shit, shooting the shit. Yeah, uh, uh, usual gentleman in the building. Um, Trip Young, air traffic controller. Uh, uh, he show you, he he got him in multiple area codes. You know the vibes. Um, <laughs> we got a uh, <laughs> legend in multiple games. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, Eric, yeah. What up though? Hey man, it's good with uh, y'all. We're chilling, baby. You know, we, we the fall is almost upon us. You know, we done quarantined through the spring, through the summer, and now we we about to be in the fall. Yeah, this is true. Let me let me check and see how many days we've been. I've been on quarantine because I yo I was losing that first 176 days. That's crazy. Yeah, man. It's about to be, about to be the, we going on. It's gonna be the whole year eventually. Like That's we we shit ain't still ain't back to normal. This shit getting crazy, man. That's a fact. I mean, but I think at this point, I'm I'm used to it. I know before we was asking each other like how we was feeling, like going through the quarantine when the shit first happened. But mm. I think I just I just actually realized that like I was kind of like I wasn't wasn't having it at first. Like I saw a lot of people that was having businesses and that was selling masks and stuff like that. And when quarantine first happened, I just wasn't trying to like come to grips. But we gotta like really come outside with mask on. And then like once they say we gotta wear gloves, shit was just different. So like now I'm cool with it or whatever. But just reflecting back on the whole, you know how this whole shit started to where we are now, like I'm fine. <laughs> but you know when this when this first started, like us doing this and doing other stuff gave me something to do and it kept me sane. Oh, that's fact. You gotta you gotta find something to do with your time. Yeah. Uh in the beginning, it was tough. Like we were trying to figure out what we were gonna do, how how to how day to day life was gonna be. But now it's like I think we settled in. We found our pocket. We understand what it's gonna be like and, and understand how to operate around it. And the one consistent throughout all of that has been shooting the shit, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's yeah. a fact. That's a, listen, man. You gotta do what you gotta do. Creators gotta create. And we gotta keep doing what we do. You know what I mean? Um, we, we gonna go ahead and get into the creators and and the people that have actual uh. A voice. I forgot to mention this last week. Um, basketball is back in um, full effect, as you know, it's on TV behind me. However, the Hornets were not in the playoffs. Um, so recently, uh, one of the uh, Hornets broadcasters, like, uh, it was a typo. He, t- he slipped up and had the typo and said niggas, I guess, instead of nuggets or whatever. And, um, and supposedly it was a typo because this word, this letter was by that letter and that letter was by this letter. But I don't really think um, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, iPhone or whatever is going to sit here and, and correct your phone to say nigga because I've been known to say it before and my phone will correct me to say nigga. So I'm just saying. So he, wait, so he said he claimed he was, he was trying to say nuggets and the, and the, and the, the, the spell check put niggas? Yeah, put niggas. And it, and it went on social media. You don't sit your ass down somewhere with that bullshit. Yeah, yeah. goddamn lie. That's what he is. He know. Yep. I mean, how often are you typing niggas into your phone that it auto corrects to niggas? You were. That's the real question often? we gotta ask. And you and you gotta correct it too at that. Yeah. Right. So that's not just in the in 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 the, in the, in the database. Right. Mm-hmm. So uh, how how often are you typing it in? Uh, he he a motherfucking liar. He just got caught out there. He um, typed nigga more than he typed nuggets. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> exactly. You know what I'm saying? Just like the just like the one reporter that time when uh it was supposed to be Knicks and she said the the New York nigger the Nake she tried to say I said Nakers it's Nakers I meant it, I was thinking Lakers but it was the Knicks nah you you you, you meant what you said you know yeah. and that's, that's that we understand it unfortunately 
in this day and age, we still this is something that we still got to deal with. Yeah, it, it's it's just funny though because like we just said, like your phone is gonna correct you if you say something, even if it's like something slang. Your phone gonna be like, nah, they gonna try to correct you three or four times. So you tell me you never your, your phone didn't try to correct you at all. So you just <laughs> you was just rocking out like, but you know how that go. Every, nobody really cares to say anything until they actually get caught. So I mean, you know, you know the line, motherfuckers. At the end of the day, mm-hmm. it, you know, you would think as a media personality or someone in the media that you would double check anything that you send out in a tweet, mm-hmm. uh, Facebook post, Instagram post. You would always double check just to be sure that it's correct in what you're saying. But again, he probably types out niggas so often that he didn't even see it, didn't even catch his eye. It, it, word. And then the crazy part is like. I know how I can be because we all we all have you know our own platforms. We all have things that we do and work on and stuff like that. Like you making sure that you get the right message across is very very important. And it almost you know I don't want to keep saying like it played into the psyche, but that shit played into the psyche of like a white man ain't got to really worry about you know what I mean somebody saying certain things. But for us, on the other hand, we like nah I can't say that because it's gonna come across crazy or whatever. Just so happened he said like he said something that was real bad, <laughs> and he got caught. But you know, but I, mean, I, lo- flip- I love it. I love it at this point. We we need to continue to um, expose these people and you know watch them lose their jobs and uh, lose their livelihoods and struggle to have to support their family. And maybe they'll get a better understanding of what America is like for everyone else because that's the trouble, as you mentioned. Everyone else, uh, you know, people of color in general, always have to be conscious of what we say, what we do, how we present ourselves because we're mm-hmm. afraid of repercussions. We're afraid of possibly not getting a job or losing our job or not being up for promotion because we're not quote unquote playing by their rules. So if you're white and you feel like, Oh, I could just say whatever I want. No, you know what? You should lose your job. So that way you can see the type of fear that we live with, uh, within the workplace, Mm -hmm. understanding that, you know, shit like that could affect my livelihood. Yeah. You got got to set the tone because I'm sorry, Sean. Because if if you think about, you know what I'm saying? We just, we spoke about it on the show or three, four weeks ago, Nick Cannon, he said some things he wound up losing a whole losing a whole lot so let's keep the playing field even across the board then if that if, mm-hmm. if we kicking cats out you know what i'm saying then we gonna everybody got to go you know say you say something and you ain't an owner you gotta go it is what it is yeah i'm yeah. still disappointed in nick cannon oh man i don't think he should apologize What's you, on that, you know bro? you know you know what it was um a lot of what he said, I still I still stand with what I'm saying. A lot of what he said was true. However, it's how he said it and and how and how you say certain things, people don't like it. Um, of course you calling white people the devil, they don't want to hear that. <laughs> Although you, you can go through history and say and, and see that they've, you know, stolen from many civilizations and cultures and stuff like that. But you know, it's it's kinda like the 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 the, the all the black lives matter too type of thing or whatever. They want you to say things a certain way so that you know what I mean certain people aren't offended or whatever the case may be. So it's like once you're a person of power, yeah. we won't come for you. I think we, we gotta ask the question, what's the definition of a devil? And then once we yeah. have the definition, if it applies, then you know it yeah. is what it is. Hey man, what 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 you gonna do? But you know, on the flip, uh, Jordan actually um has uh, stepped up and uh, is trying to uh, come in between the owners and the players for negotiations. Um, for uh, you know, a lot of uh, the players being able to express themselves or whatever. Um, we all saw the documentary 
Uh, we all know who Michael Jordan is, and we all know that Michael Jordan wasn't always like this huge advocate for anything uh, politically or whatever. Um, when you guys found out about you know Jordan trying to be like somewhat of a middleman, like like what 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 went through your head about Jordan? Um, I mean, I I always say I always felt that the criticism of him not being an activist during his uh, younger years was unfair, because we found out later on that there were a lot of things he did without any press being involved, you know, whether it was mm. donations or getting involved in some way, shape or form. Um, and as Tripp and I talked about before, because they, they highlighted in the documentary how he didn't want to, uh, he didn't want to back a political, a certain political figure mm. at the time. And he openly said like, it, it wasn't that I didn't want to back him because he was black. I didn't want to back him because I didn't know him. And so I didn't want to just put my name on anything out there. Yeah. And then, you know, God forbid this person isn't what he, he's portraying himself to be. Now I look like an asshole for backing him. Um, but we also got to remember that, Absolutely. you know, when, when a lot of these things started happening during quarantine, um, because police brutality and social injustice aren't anything new to people of color. But when they started happening during the quarantine specifically, um, Ahmed Aubrey, George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, Michael Jordan and the Jordan brand put up $100 million right away. Um, so, you know, he, he tried to be as involved as he could right from the start. Um, and I'm not surprised with him getting involved with the players because he has a relationship with a lot of these guys. We got to remember that, you know, he's a mentor to a lot of these guys. Some of these guys are under the Jordan brand. So he has constant communication with them anyway. Mm -hmm. And he is the only black NBA owner. So who better than him to be involved with the players and kind of be their mouthpiece so that other owners can receive the message the right way and not view it as, that's my player. That those are my workers. They need to do what I say. No, Michael Jordan, who was a former player, now an owner, can speak for both sides, and he's somebody I think who's in a perfect position to do it. Yeah, I mean, it's the, the, the the age old expression: he came from the mud. He got it from the mud. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. He's a player who went through the ranks. He understands the players and, and, and what they're dealing with. He understands the issues. You know, him being a black man, he understands the issues. You know, personally about you know everything that's going on in this country and then again now he is an owner in the nba so who better to be that liaison i'm happy that that mj stepped up i mean that's 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 the goat though you know what i mean so it's, a, it's, a, it's only fitting none of these other owners you know what i'm saying like i mean well i yeah, i'm pretty sure none of the other owners was uh nba nba guys like that so you know what i'm saying i think he's just money guys yeah. so mike is somebody who was they may have been exact or something like that like most situations yeah. But they, you know, they wasn't getting it in, you know what I'm saying, going hard in the paint, so to speak, you know? So, mm -hmm. yeah, Michael Jordan is the guy. He's He has the connection with the owners because he is an owner, but he also is a player, and he does understand that, that journey. And he understands what this country is going through right now. And, I mean, I understand, you know, he understood what the country was going through and, you know, while he was playing as well. But, again, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying, and, you know, like Eric said, because we've had this discussion before, we we don't penalize Mike for not being an activist, you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. Whereas he, as as much as we praise LeBron and these other guys for actually stepping up, we don't penalize you if you don't do it, you know. Because at the end of the day, your job is you know what I'm saying you're a basketball player, so you don't have to. But it's you know we do respect it if you do it. Yeah. Um, I, 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 you know, in line with that, I thought it was real interesting. Um, after the uh, the Nuggets game, Nuggets Jazz game the other day, 
uh, after the game six, um, Jamal Murray like broke down or whatever. And I just think it's real dope how just to see them in these situations to where it's about sports, how they just draw it back and bring it back to the actual uh, subject going hand. Like that, 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 I want to say it takes a lot, but it, you know what I mean? Like when you got that platform, you got to use it. And, and it's just a dope thing for them to actually, you know, to actually do that or whatever, because they don't got to do that. You know what I mean? And, and, and I know, uh, Eric, you was talking the other day about, uh, you know, about the, um, them stopping and play or whatever, but, um, I don't think we got to it on here or whatever. He was like, I think you kind of expected them to be out a little bit longer. I think it was only like only what a few days the games was off. Yeah. I, I was hoping, um, we, we did, we started talking about it a little bit cause it was, I think, uh, on the last episode, I think like the very next day is when they officially did it. Um, mm-hmm. because last time we recorded, there was only the rumor that Toronto and, and Boston were thinking about, um, boycotting the game. Yeah. Um, I was hoping they would have held out a little bit longer, um, just to really get the impact because the one thing we didn't account for was if the NBA players held out, what would other sports do? And we started mm-hmm. to see that just because the NBA players held out, major league baseball held out, um, yep. MLS held out, WNBA held out. All these mm-hmm. other sports kind of started to, to, to follow suit because the NBA stars are the biggest stars of every sport, you know, yep. no, no matter how you feel about it. Except the NHL. I'm sorry. I don't mean to cut you off, Eric, but I had right. to put them in blast. Except they, the they NHL. did not. They did not. They got 97% white, but, you know, you could have stepped up. Right. No, no. They should have because, you know, the, the, the few uh, players who are, who are black or not white, I should say, that play in their league have openly yep. spoke out in the past about racism, mm-hmm. racism and taunts and things that are said to them when they're either in the arena or on the ice. So mm-hmm. as a league, it would have been nice for them to step up, but and they spoke or they stepped up when the NHL didn't do anything and spoke out against the NHL, you know, because they mm-hmm. were upset about them not speaking up. Right. But the NBA players are the biggest stars um, in the world. And we see that because when they speak or when they take action, everyone else kind of follows suit. So I would have liked to see them hold out a little bit longer. Ultimately, we have to see what comes of their um, conversation they have with the state attorney from Wisconsin um, mm-hmm. and, and their talks with, with ownership. But I, I really thought they had flexed their power and it was being done in the right way. It, it, we, we started to see change. Oh, we started to hear about change and we started to hear people wonder like, all right, so what can be done to appease the players? And it's not about yeah. appeasing the players. It's about appeasing a country that is crying mm-hmm. out for help and the players just happen to be our mouthpiece on it. So, yeah. um, you know, I wish it would have been more than two days, but it's cool. And, and I want to shout out Jamal Murray for a couple of things. One, um, aside from his play, what he said in that after the game, as you mentioned, Sean, and how he was emotional, um, speaking about Breonna Taylor and George Floyd, I thought was, was, I don't have another word for it aside from saying it was dope, mm-hmm. but if anyone hasn't seen it after they won game five, he walked into the press conference and he put his sneakers on a chair and he waited two minutes. He didn't say one word. He waited two minutes and, and then took the sneakers off the chair and then he sat down and a reporter asked him, you know, what, what was the meaning behind that? And so on the sneakers, for anybody who hasn't seen it, he, he's got Breonna Taylor on one. He's got George Floyd on the other. And he said, well, one of those individuals just had a, a, a neck on a, a knee on his neck for eight minutes. And People mm-hmm. act as if it was nothing. I left the sneakers there for two minutes and you want to know what it's about. That's what it's about. You yeah. know what I'm saying? It's bigger than me at this point. And I love the way he's using this platform right now. It's bigger than the sneakers, but I love the way he's using this platform. Yeah. 
think one of the most uh, important things about it is, you know, we, we always talk about how we're predominant in these sports, but we really have to flex our muscle and show people that we really run these sports. Without us, these sports don't happen, you know? Um, when you're on the collegiate level, you don't really get a chance to actually, you know, flex your muscle like that because, you know, you're a student athlete and you're just trying to play and get to the next level. You know, when you're a professional now, it's, it's, you know, you're on a whole different playing field. It's a whole different terrain. So now you can actually, like, say, hey, look, we ain't playing. And, and, and you got to figure it out. Yeah. Well, you know what? College players do get to flex their muscle. Uh, what was it? Uh, was it South Carolina? They had the big mm-hmm. protest a, a, couple of, a couple of years ago, like two, three years ago. And they shut, mm-hmm. and they shut, they shut things down. Um, so they, they definitely can't get a little flex in, um, you know what I'm saying? But I, I, I love what the players are doing. I love what the, what the athletes around the world, um, you know, have, have been doing together in unison. Um, you know, and, and people, mm-hmm. you know, for the people that, that wonder, oh, well, why are these athletes, you know, protesting and boycotting? What, for, you know, what, what are they going to do? What, what, what's going to happen? Blah, blah, blah. But you have to realize that the owners – in, in professional sports, period, not just the NBA, but the owners, NHL, MLB, uh, you know, NFL, the NBA, everybody, these owners have a lot of money, they have a lot of power, and they have mm-hmm. a lot of connections. So if if we say we're not going to play until y'all start stepping up and, and, and speaking out to these same politicians that y'all want to donate money to and, and, and have them you know, do move certain things around, you know, change up certain laws and tweak things to, to benefit y'all, then y'all can mm-hmm. step up that same way, speak out to them same politicians that you're funding. Because I remember, with, um, especially, you know, when the NFL, I think it was like they had like 13 owners had donated to the Trump campaign. So y'all got some power yeah. owners. So, the, so it is, the, you know, it is on the players. You got to hold those owners accountable as well. Because when they, when mm-hmm. they want them little benefits and all of that to help them, Make a little extra money. They want to open up a new a new stadium here and there. You gotta you gotta talk to those politicians, and you in the meetings in the offices with them politicians because 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 the power and the money you know they talk to each other a lot. They be around each other a lot. So you you have yeah. to do things like this to show we'll shut this shit the fuck down if, if y'all think it's a game. So I do like yeah. that they showed it ain't gonna be just us either. It ain't gonna be just the NBA. Everybody you know except for the NHL, but everybody else. <laughs> we we'll put this day together and shut this motherfucker down if y'all keep acting, you know what I'm saying, like so, like y'all don't know what's going on. So you saying NASCAR got it popping before uh NHL? Yeah, and I and that's that's sad. That is sad that's, I, that's a fact. Yeah. <laughs> the, the way NASCAR stepped up, shout out to NASCAR. <laughs> you know, NHL, y'all should really be ashamed of yourselves. You know, and the, again the black players in the NHL, they've spoken out about you know, racism and within the NHL, within the players and different things they've mm-hmm. had to experience. So shame on y'all, you know what I'm saying, for not stepping up. Especially this was this was the perfect opportunity and it was the easiest opportunity that you would ever get to, to be like, well, you know, all right, we did say something. And you blew that. You dropped the ball on that one. You you couldn't even get it right when every other sports organization shut down. I'm t- I mean, tennis was done. Soccer was done. Baseball said, no, we're not doing this. Basketball, football, you know, they even were canceling practices. Right. I was going to say, football ain't even, yeah. they not even in season yet. And they were yeah. shutting down practices. Yeah. Like, nah. Yep. You know what I'm saying? And and what I really loved about the football joint was that the players were holding ownership and the coaches and all them accountable. And we were hearing from coaches who were saying, yo, my players, this is what they're feeling. This is what they're telling me. 
And based mm-hmm. off that, we can't practice today. And yep. as we always talked about, and we criticize sometimes that there's a lack of black head coaches in the NFL, we mm-hmm. were seeing the white head coaches come out and be like, we can't practice today. You know what I'm saying? It, it ain't right. We can't do it today. And mm-hmm. that's powerful in itself because, again, it's just a practice. You know what I'm saying? They not. It's not like they, they shutting down the schedule. It's just them saying, yo, it, it means that much to us. We can't do it. And the NHL can't shut down for one day. Come on, man. And it's like, you know, it's the, the, the thing that I think is the craziest is just like, yo, this is the probably the most light that we've seen being shined on police brutality in this country. And y'all can't even cool it down yeah. for a couple of weeks. You you shot you shot a well, not, not, not the light being shined. Yeah, well, not the light being shined because it, this is something they've been talking about for years. It's, only, it's more more about um, well, at I this, guess at this level, listening. Though. Yeah, but at the, you mean because yeah. that's, because at, at yeah. this type of level, this is the biggest it's ever been. This is the biggest racial inequality, uh-huh, the biggest true. light we've ever seen shined on it with with the last couple of weeks. To coming from Ahmaud Arbery, Breonna mm-hmm. Taylor, George Floyd, and then coming you know full circle all the way back around. To, to to Jacob Blake, uh, you know, uh, about a week and a half, two weeks ago. This is the biggest light that we've mm-hmm. ever seen, and y'all can't even get it. Together. I'm still seeing more and more videos of police brutality. It, it's mind-boggling. Y'all can't even. Usually, you know, when 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 the when when, when you're in the classroom and everybody joking around, fucking around, talking shit, shooting the breeze, you know, and then uh, when the mm-hmm. teacher come in, everybody shut the fuck up. And you be good. You be everybody be quiet. Yeah. So the teacher go back in the hallway. Cause these right, there. around again. Yeah, exactly. You talking again? You know what I'm saying? These <laughs> yeah. motherfuckers they got they don't got no remorse. They don't give a fuck. Yeah. Well, that's that's just what it is. The, everybody's reality isn't what our reality is. Like we we'll we'll say this today. We'll say this twenty other times from now. We'll have a conversation with other people. Like we just you know you just gotta have be on your p's and q's and your y's and z's and cross your t's and dot your i's. Um, because you know that's just what it is. You know, you got announcers saying "nigga," you got all type of stuff going on. Um, uh, Let me say uh, this real so, quick, Sean. Before, I'm sorry, yeah. don't want to cut you off, my brother. But I need to say this <laughs> real quick. We need, to, we still need to arrest the 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 the, the, the fellas that murdered Breonna Taylor. Absolutely, absolutely. Go ahead and tell you, brother. Absolutely, yeah. I was just gonna get into your boy Brian Erlacher. Oh, uh, he's um, canceled. It's, it, 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 and it's crazy because Brian Erlacher was probably, you know, in in this decade, you, you know, you don't, I'm going to say in this decade, but, you know, he he, he was a transcendent uh, player, uh, linebacker. He was a real good player. Uh, great until, player. Until he spoke up and said something that sounds real crazy. He put his foot in his mouth. Um, Sir uh, Sir Jones, I don't know if you want to. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready to go in on, on that man right there. I, I was completely the, disappointed. Um, because I was somebody who was a fan of Ryan Erlacher during his playing mm-hmm. days. I was always trying to make the trade for him, throw him on, on my team and Madden. So, you mm-hmm. know, to, to hear the comments that he made, and I'm just like, bro, like, you you really, you're trying to compare Brett Favre playing the day after his, his grandfather passed away to the, the, the everything that black people have gone through in this country for over 400 years. And so we're supposed to yeah. just get over and show and, and go, are you out here? Yo, Earl Lacker, man, I'm, I'm sorry, you man. Pull yourself up by your bootstraps. You didn't know that? Yeah, like, are you are you crazy? First of all, you know, and no disrespect to, to Brett Favre, his, his father died of old age. 
Okay, his father lived yeah. a full lived a full life. His father didn't have his life stolen from him in the in the prime mm-hmm. of, of, of his life, in his thirties, in his twenties. Mm-hmm. We're talking about people that are being killed and, and murdered. We're talking about twelve year olds. Tamir Rice yeah. was twelve years old. In his house chilling. Okay. You know, um Trayvon Martin was 17, 17 years old. Mm-hmm. Mike Brown, these are we talking about kids. Yeah. Who's in their lives? Breonna Taylor. You know what I mean? These are young adults. And it's know? a whole lot of other names that we don't even remember or know exactly. about. Exactly. Freddie Gray. I can't, you know, yeah. it's, 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 it's too many damn names. Sean Bell. I'm a dude Diallo. Yeah. Like, it's, it's too many names that I can't even remember all of them. And you really trying to compare them, those people being murdered to, because to, Brett Favre played on the day after his father passed away. Yeah. Nah, you got, you got, you got to have several seats, Earl. Left. I'm sorry. You canceled, bro. Real quick before Eric goes in, because I see Eric face. So, it's 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 even like remember when Isaiah Thomas' sister passed away a few years ago and he played. You you he's black and you still can't even compare that to the injustice of, uh, with white yeah. with black people or whatever. And, and he went out there and played and bust his ass um, for the Celtics or whatever. And had a real good game, real good series, and all that or whatever. You can't even compare that. And he's a black man. Like come on now. Shout out to the best. That's now nah, fuck the Bears, bro. Um, because <laughs> I don't think. No, you I'm don't saying, no, I'm saying shout out to the Bears for. Saying we don't rock with oh, that. Oh yeah, what, what yeah. But I'm, I'm gonna tell you why I say fuck the Bears because I, I don't, I don't, I think they only made that they made that statement um, to look as if they're unifying with us on the surface. Because why yeah. didn't make those statements when when Mike Dicker made his little racist comments about a month ago? Oh, he been Mike, saying stuff, right? And Mike Dicker is considered the greatest coach in franchise history. They still mm. align themselves with Mike Dicker. They still have Mike Dicker Day at the stadium. Um, I know this because a, a really good friend of mine is a huge Bears fan. He makes that trip every year, at least once a year, to see the team play. And he'll go out mm-hmm. there, you know, on, when it's a particular person's bobblehead or a meet and greet. So, to me, it's fuck the organization until you show us otherwise. Brian Erlach is a perfect example of why we, we got to continue to have this type of dialogue and we can't push forward. Because, yeah. as, as Tripp highlighted, you, you trying to compare Brett Favre father dying that's one death one individual death of someone who had lived their full life and passed of natural causes to hundreds of murders and injustices to the black community and why the players aren't playing like again that goes back to the whole comment of and we heard mike dicker made the comment and we heard drew Brees make this comment well i won't i won't i won't accept anyone disrespecting our flag it's not about the flag my nigga it's not about that. <laughs> We've been saying that. Right. So, so when you – Right. So when you try to lump the players protesting in with Brett Favre playing, it's like, oh, you guys are disrespecting the country because you decided not to play because one guy died. What the fuck you mean one guy died? <laughs> one guy was shot by the police in his back mm-hmm. seven times, mm-hmm. which, 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 which was after we had seen – Three other people recently died within the last three months, yeah. wrongfully died, and not mm-hmm. to mention the other shootings. And you would think, and, and this goes to a whole nother topic. Brian Erlacher made a lot of money in the NFL. Yep, he plays in a he played in a city that is riddled with inner city crime and violence. Yep, don't talk to me about what the players should be doing or how they should react to this shooting, right? When you probably not one day in your life have ever made an effort to understand what's going on in Chicago. Yeah. Played there, you made a lot of money there. Are you trying to help what's going on there? Or did mm-hmm. you just take your money, 
and you moved to a, another part of Illinois that was much safer where you didn't have to deal with blacks and browns. Yeah. yeah. You know what I'm saying? He's the wrong person to speak on it. And anybody who has that mindset, fuck them too. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 but it, it's, it's funny because like a lot of these older guys that come out and say stuff like that, I, it, I don't want to say that we kind of expect that they would say some shit like that, but we kind of expect they would say some shit like that. So Mike Dicker, I expect Mike Dicker to say some shit like that. Brian Urlacher, like maybe we, 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 maybe, you know what I mean? Like I, I'm, in my mind, I'm like, yo, the Drew Brees going to holler at him like, damn, yo, we got fucking up again. <laughs> Is he gonna be the uh, the delegate for the white uh, congregation? Drew Drew Brees um, hit oh, him oh. up like no 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 don't 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 say that. Listen, yeah. this what you gonna do. You gonna come out? You gonna apologize? All right? Yeah. You come out? You gonna apologize? We are gonna make this right for you. Mm-hmm. I, 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 you know what? But those guys, I don't I don't think they're they're going to apologize. At least with Drew Brees, you know what I'm saying? Like I do feel like he was genuine. Um, with 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 yeah. his apology. Um, you know, and I and I I think he has a different relation because Drew Brees is actually in the community in New Orleans. Like he's been yeah. putting a lot of work in for years. You know what I mean? Another so, community with a lot of minorities there. Yeah. So so I, I, I will give Drew Brees the benefit of the doubt. Um but you know with these guys, you know, you coming out making statements like that, you you know what I'm saying, you you make an apology, it's not really gonna mean much to me. Yeah. Yeah you know I mean? it's just gonna be you just apologizing because you got so much backlash from your from your statement with Drew Brees, I understood a, a you know a little bit of of what he was saying, and I'm glad that he actually had conversations with um with a few of his his brothers in the league, and uh, and I mean Shaq spoke spoke as though they had that big uh conference call or whatever. Um, so I'm you know I I was able to to be like, all right, I got you, Drew. Like it, you know what I'm saying? Like I felt it was genuine with him. But with these guys, no, I think it'll it would just be we just apologizing because of the backlash. I'm not even gonna. I'm not even gonna give him the benefit of the doubt with that because, like, it's been a number of years since Cap first took any right. So we're talking what four years now. Cap ain't have a job, and and, and we, we know he he ain't have a job. Like we you get people. A lot of people can easily say, oh, you know, uh, he might not have been a starter. But there's a lot of people that's out here stealing money, uh, that's stealing the league to this day. You know what I mean? We had the the the. I don't think it's no no uh, no Jets fans in the building. So we got Jets fans in here, but. Um, nah. we, you know, yeah. you, had, you had Sanchez, you had, you had Sanchez that was stealing checks for years. It's a number of other quarterbacks that was stealing checks for years and getting away with stuff for years or whatever. So, I mean, we, we, you, you know what type of time it is. And, and I can't really say, like I said, I can't say that I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt because it's been a number of years. And at this point, you still feel that way. That's how you feel. I mean, it is what it is. Like, what, what, what are we going to do at this point in life? And you, he's been out of the league how many years? He playing this sport. It's funny because I just think back to um, you know some former teammates and coaches that I had, uh, mostly in high school or whatever. Because I went to HBCU for college. Most of the teammates I had, you know, my teammates was mixed or whatever. But you know, I had some white teammates or whatever because I was in you know Metro Atlanta. Um, you know, you had uh, you know you have people that's from other places around Georgia or whatever. You get older and you start really kind of seeing things, and it's like. Bro, you you grew up around us, but you still don't get it. <laughs> like you still don't understand that like this is a problem or whatever. Like it's been like it was like former players, uh, teammates that I had, and coaches that I had. I had to stop. I had to unfollow them, man, because I just was like, yo, there's no way you telling me that you grew up around me and grew up around all these other people, but you still had this, you know, this this, this thought process to think that, you know, like we were just saying before, you got to pick yourself up by the bootstrap. So you got to figure this out and figure that out. So I mean, at this point, 
you get the news just like I get the news. You watch whatever you want to watch, but you still know what's right from wrong. So it's like if if you don't understand that y'all shouldn't be shooting us down or that this shit ain't about the nest, ain't about the about the flag, like it's so no, big. Like I got I I can't try to keep driving it home. I agree with what you're what you're saying, Sean. But I <laughs> but I also do understand that, especially like because I mean we, you know we spoke uh, Meek Mill. Um, mm-hmm. what was it? Um, what's the owner? The owner of the other Sixers, Eric. Um, uh, Michael Rubin. Michael Rubin. Yeah. And having conversation, him having conversation with 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 Michael Rubin and Robert Kraft. You know, you you can be oblivious to what's going on because it it's just a world that you would never see. Mm-hmm. So you know what I'm saying. So you might it might take that yeah. conversation and the eye opening to 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 really see what is what is going on. Uh, but you know, but if you're somebody that's been around black people mm-hmm. your whole life, <laughs> growing up in the same environments, then that's a little bit different because you already done been exposed to that. But, so you but, should. But even so, you still, you still growing up. How many years you was in the league? How many years? Yeah, was but, how, but how many years was you? Yeah, bro. Erlacher, they, you know what I mean? Like they Earl, both was Earl in the league for a number. For what? Like at least ten years, I think Erlacher was in the league. Nah, he yeah he had a almost a fifteen year career. I mean, I I've always been a firm believer of I want to know where somebody stands at all times. That way we ain't got a front. If that's how yeah. you feel, that's cool. That's how you feel. We ain't got a front. I don't fuck with you. You don't fuck with me. So be it. We we both live a happy life. Mm-hmm. Um, I I just think it's unfortunate. Like I said, when when guys like Erlacher, um, say the things they say because it's like. You feel this way, but I'm sure a lot of your money came from the black community as well, right? Like it wasn't only white yeah. kids wearing Erlacher jerseys. No. It wasn't only white kids going to games. It wasn't, you know. It, so I imagine that that part, right? It that that's that's where it gets. Yeah. That's where it becomes a little disappointing because it's like, wow, you're so close-minded in your thinking that you're not even willing to even understand what's going on. Um. Yep. But you know that's that's where it stands. And as you mentioned, Trip, yeah, there are certain people who who don't come from our backgrounds and our environments who they don't have an idea of how it works because all of their interactions mm-hmm. with the police have been peaceful. Yeah. Um, and I understand that. You know, I've got a family member who who's date who's dated several white women, and you know, holidays he bring her through the hood, and it's like, oh wow, this is where you grew up. Like she had no idea because <laughs> to her that that's only TV oh. shit. What she asked y'all? That's serious, bro. What she asked y'all in the no, house? You know. Like, you you know what, what this mean when the black girls do Yeah, this? you know, like, <laughs> shit like that. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's it's loud over here. You know what I'm saying? Why they hanging out in front of the building so much? You know, like, you know what I'm saying? It's, it, are no, is no one going to tell those guys they can't hang out in front of the store like that? It's like, you tell them. Go ahead. You, you tell right? them that they can't hang out. You know what I'm saying? Like, First so, of all, you getting cursed yeah. the fuck out because everybody right, faded right. out there. Uh, <laughs> right. Cur- cursed the fuck out is the least of your worries. You hope you only get mm-hmm. cursed the fuck out because if, if you come oh, out yeah. of pocket, you, yeah. you might get stomped the fuck out. So um, mm-hmm. if you don't take your ass back home. Right, right, mm-hmm. right. You know what I'm saying? Listen, baby girl, we're we going to get you a little wine and we're just going to go back in the house. Just calm right. down. But, <laughs> but as you don't mentioned, go outside. <laughs> right. The, the, the Michael Rubens and, and, and Robert Crafts were at least willing to listen and try to get a better understanding. Yeah, and mm-hmm. I think I, for the most part, that's what people are asking for: just have an understanding of what's going on. Don't sit there and try to shut down everything and, and treat it as if no, nope, you guys are exaggerating. That's not how it is. No, motherfucker, it is the way it is. You can't tell happens, me. No- what happens is is you have a, a a person that's 
running this country who who paints a certain narrative and you have people like that that paint a certain narrative so it becomes harder for people that may not get it or understand or maybe you're on the fence or you know have questions they'll sway mm -hmm. to that side because like i said you got the president saying certain things and, and he runs with that narrative oh they're protesting the flag they're protesting the flag you know you got mm -hmm. other people in the media that push that narrative so then it becomes harder for people that don't have those experiences and aren't around around minorities haven't been in those environments and don't know no better they just gonna run with what they know and that's what they see on tv and what the president said they're protesting the flag and and my brothers and my father all fought in the army and and and, and that's wrong you shouldn't be protesting the flag so they they're gonna run with that yeah and they won't they, and they won't take the time to have that conversation you know what's crazy i was watching i just started watching this show um lovecraft country i gotta check and, that out um yeah, it's a dope show. Um, you know, I I I checked it out. I had to, I had to catch up on P Valley too, cause P Valley be getting crazy. Um, I don't know if y'all was watching that either, but anyways, um, it is is the one of the characters in the actual show is a guy that just came back from the military, and he and it is a particular scene where he walks past an enlist uh, a military enlist enlisted enlistment. I guess that's how you say it. Um. Enlistment. place or whatever and, and, mm -hmm. and, and he looked at the guy and the guy looked at him and he was like listen man <laughs> i ain't even gonna knock your hustle but the shit is crazy whatever so i say all that to say he he basically was talking about how he, he fought for a country that didn't even uh care anything about him or whatever and, and came back here to uh, even worse or a fucked up situation or whatever so like don't try to sit here and try to tell us about oh uh this person fought for this and this person fought for that because we fought too but we didn't get shit when we came back so i don't want to hear and that's the that's the thing bro that's why I don't understand why people aren't willing to at least understand and listen to what's going on. Because you can go on any military base, it's probably 60 40. 60% 60 mm -hmm. white, 40% black or brown. Mm -hmm. So there's, there's still a lot of people though. But that's <laughs> what I'm saying. There are plenty of people yeah. that look like us who are out here defending this country and the liberties of this country for those people who are sitting on their ass who never did shit for the country to try to say, nah, y'all wrong. That ain't how it is. Motherfucker, you can't tell me how it is in this country. You yeah. ain't shed no blood for this country. There's people that look just like me who have shed blood. So if that's yeah. my right, why can't I exercise my right? Yeah. Crazy thing is, no, and, and well, at least I know I haven't seen anybody ever reach out to the Green Beret that Kaepernick spoke to about the protests in the first mm -hmm. place. Because again, he went to someone. And I'd, I'd say Green Beret is pretty qualified to speak on on this matter. And, and he asked them what would be the best way to protest. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, but I've never seen or heard of anybody who has an issue with Colin Kaepernick go speak to that Green Beret that Kaepernick spoke to and ask him about, the, about those conversations that were had between the two of them and why, you know what I'm saying, why he feels like it's appropriate the way Colin Kaepernick chose to protest. And the reason yeah. is because people don't want to because because then they got to admit that they were wrong. So you don't mm -hmm. even want to have those comments. You're not going to go and, and, and reach out to that, that brother because, you know, you don't want you don't want it. You don't want to show the truth. Fact. And that's the thing. People don't people don't want to admit that they're wrong. Just like even now we see everything that Kaepernick was trying to say and what he what he was kneeling for. And there are mm -hmm. still people who won't acknowledge like, man, you know what? We were way off base. We were so wrong in understanding. Nope. It's 
we're going to forget that he did that. And now we're going to be mad at the players now for, for, for boycotting the game. Because we can't watch any sports. Right. <laughs> oh, speaking, speaking of sports, the playoffs, we in the second round now. Um, we got, got one more topic, then we're going to get up out of this sports shit. But, you know, we got the NBA playoffs going on right now, it's going into the second round. Um, I think the bubbles is, is, is cool. It's giving us something to watch. Um, how are you guys enjoying the games? I'm loving them. I got one on right now. That's a Miami Heat Bucks game. I don't know, man. Giannis got that Defensive Player of the Year award, and since then, <laughs> he letting the Miami Heat do whatever they want. <laughs> Jimmy Butler. I mean, they was getting that ass bust at first. That's what I'm saying. So yeah. I, I don't know, man. They better step this thing up because if they lose this game today and go down 0-2 in the series, that that that's gonna be a tough one to um to come back from. Shout out to the young boys, uh, Donovan Mitchell and Jamal Murray. Them brothers mm. played a hell of a series, hell of a series. Yeah, shooting the lights out of the bubble, <laughs> so to speak. And right. um, Russ and uh, Russ and Harden got to get their act together tonight. They got one more. If, if if Russell Westbrook and James Harden don't win Game Seven, and they go home in the first round, oh man, that's Yo, that's, KD that's, gonna have something to say. KD gonna have something to say. And Chris Paul gonna be laughing. Of, of course, Chris Paul. Did you did y'all see how Chris Paul stood at the foul line in the? Uh, was it like the last minute they had just stayed grilling James Harden? Harden is soft for that. He let him stay. He let yeah. him stay right next to a ball of his face. Yeah. He didn't want to look him in his eye. Um, I think the play has been great, man. Um, it's going to get better now because with that second round, as we're seeing Boston, Toronto, Milwaukee, Miami, now it's, it's the, the cream of the crop. It's the top teams now going at it inside the bubble. Yeah. And because there's no home court advantage, now we're going to really see who the best team is. It's neutral court. So you ain't got no advantage yeah. of the crowd. I ain't got to fly to your city. We right here. We're going to meet up every other day, and we're going to determine who the best team is. And so I think what we're seeing is great. Uh, Mitchell and Murray, I think, put on a classic display in the first round. Um mm-hmm. That was video game type shit that they was doing, where they was just Bruh. like one after the other, just pull up and shoot that motherfucker. And like whoever, whoever got whoever can score the most points is gonna win that that night. So going going um, to the right, all that like, <laughs> well everything, everything, yeah. everything. You know what I'm saying? There, there was one yesterday, and and I love Donovan Mitchell's game, man, where he tried to yam that joint on like three dudes, he got knocked down. And then when he got up, uh, Jokic like tried to like put his arm out, like yo, I ain't mean to follow you. He slapped his arm away, like yo, don't fucking touch me, like. We good. We Word. we at war right now. We, we'll slap hands after the game. Don't fucking yeah. touch me right now. So right now. we've been seeing Word. some great basketball, man. Yeah, and that's why I, I, you know when 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 I when Shaq and Barkley were trying to say that this season, you know, even if you won the chip, you gotta have an asterisk on it. And I'm like, this is probably going to be the hardest it has been ever to win a championship this, because this is AAU no, ball right here. Yeah, there's no home court. You don't have your family around you supporting you, and you got to be be on, on point because of COVID. And then everything yeah. that's going over the temperature in this country right now, it's probably yeah. the hardest championship you're going to win. I mean, I, I just think Barkley himself said he ain't qualified to be talking about no championships. So <laughs> <laughs> he, he can't be telling nobody this one don't count. <laughs> you right? know what I'm yeah, well, Shaq, Shaq has a little bit more validity in that, you know, because he got multiple championships. Shit, can he too? Like, <laughs> no, I'm saying he yeah. got four joints, though. He got four joints. Yeah. So he could say, nah, you know. But Barkley, Barkley said himself, they don't call me Championship Chuck. You know what I'm saying? So you ain't got no room to be telling nobody this ain't the, this ain't the, uh, uh, a legitimate I, title. I, I, after he pulled out that broom uh, after game one when Portland beat um, the Lakers Bruh. in the game, he lost all credibility with me after that Yo, one, bro. I, 
I didn't I didn't tell y'all this, but it's in my comments, man. When I had put <laughs> up my, my predictions, and my predictions been looking good too, so that's why I like the playoffs even more, because it's kind of going the way I thought. The only series I've been wrong about was was Utah, and they was the underdogs, and they went seven games. Yeah. That's it, but, yo. Right. I had put up, you know, as much as I like Portland, Lake is going to win that one in six. And, and Tripp and I even talked about Lake is still going to win that one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Somebody we know had commented on the post talking about, nah, the Blazers is beating them in six games. I was like, you smoking, bro. Now, I ain't heard from him since the series been over. Hold on, just, I got I to gotta go check your comments. Now, it's I in my comments, up. bro. I left it up there because I'm like, yeah, that's bold. You bugging. Yeah. Like, there's yeah. no way Damon them is beating the Lakers in six games. Not Damon? Nah. Yo, so bust it, though. Damon ain't even making six games. <laughs> you know what's crazy, though? They have they had a report that I think uh, CJ McCollum had like over 150 bottles of wine delivered. It had to be more than that to his room. And their ass is going home after the first round. Like, that shit is crazy. Like, well, maybe you know, he was giving them out as parting gifts. Damn. <laughs> nah, him and, Mello, him and Mello brought a lot of wine to the joint, I heard. Yeah. Yeah. They, they, they want. You know what's crazy? And I realized that, like, you stop eating certain shit and, and, and you treat your body a certain way. That hard ass looking on, it ain't the same. You can't be, you can't get up and do the same things you want to do. Drinking that hard ass, looking the next day or whatever. So I understand why they, you know, why they was giving it up like that. Well, even, um, even like when we had Al Harrington on the show, he was you no know, making a joke about it. Like I'm not gonna go. I can't go out there and drink before game. You know what I'm saying? Or, somebody you know, got like, the pack in the bubble. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Like I might have, I might have a little smoky smoke. But no, nah, you can't get the pack in the bubble. <laughs> oh, somebody got it. <laughs> somebody got it. One of them trainers, somebody that be going outside. Are they, are they testing? Are they? <laughs> Listen, <laughs> and they not tested, but, somebody got it. But at this point, it's a whole lot better. We've been seeing Fred Van Vliet and a lot of these guys. They were really excited to see their family now. So I think that that'll probably help out with things as well, as uh, as Eric was saying before. You know, they're not in a normal uh, tradition to where they you know go from city to city. You know, um, they're at home, and to have your family to at least come see you, that has to be like you know real heartwarming and allow you to like just relax a little bit when you know when you're in a real strenuous situation like this, because you know, you might you might last for one more round, but that's still like what another what two weeks that you're talking about in the bubble, you know. So that's a lot that that that, that comes into play, especially for like if, if we're going through it as uh, uh, individuals that don't have the same access as they have. Imagine how they're going through it. You feel right. me? Like, yeah. <laughs> we talking about you outside right now. I think it's you dope know, that the f- no, no, no. I was gonna say I think it's dope that the families are there because. Um, you know, we're all human beings, so, you know, people miss mm-hmm. their kids, miss their spouse, you know what I'm saying? Or right. if, if it's just your shorty, you might want her to come through and, you know. Get you some cutty or something. Right, get you a little cutty, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? You, you stuck in a hotel. Shit. Wait, so we, not, we, not, we can't sneak a man like like homeboy from the... Listen. We don't, advise, we don't advise you to sneak him in. Put him on the list. Get him in the right mm-hmm. way. You know, don't, yeah. don't, try to, don't try to throw a team polo on her talking about she, she with the training staff. <laughs> nah. It's a damn shame. But I do want to say, and if it works out, I predicted Miami to beat Milwaukee. And if they win, I, I fucks with Jimmy Butler and I give him a lot of credit because he said he's not bringing his family at all to the bubble. He said, this is a business trip. My family don't need to be here. I need to be focused on one thing and one thing only, and that's winning the chip. So if they beat Milwaukee, I got to I gotta take my hat off to Jimmy and say, all right, I fucks with it, bro. That's different, but that, I fucks with it. That, that pent-up aggression he got. Right. He out, he out there... 
he he ain't been able to shoot a low pause in a minute. He like, yo, fuck it. I'm I'm gonna take all my aggression out on the Milwaukee Bucks. And that Louverderm. But anyways. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but you know, he he locked in, but even so, man, we humans, like you said, like that human interaction sometimes you stuck away and you around dudes, like listen, I've been in camp. I've been in, in, in football camp for two weeks and you around nothing but dudes. That shit gets annoying after a while, right? I'm you sure. Around, you know what I mean? So listen, <laughs> y'all got he, access and y'all can't, y'all can't get to nothing? Nah. He, he, he frustrated. He's taking out all his anger on the court. Well, that's, well, that's what the boxers do uh, uh, most of the time. You know, they don't want to get no action before they actually go out there and, and fight. So, I mean, I, I, don't, I don't blame him for that or whatever. Um, but, you know. Before we go further, we definitely want to um, send some rest in peace to some individuals. We had some uh, some huge car- uh, figures pass away recently. Um, John Thompson, uh, Georgetown legend, coach. Uh, Clifford Robinson, Blazer legend. Um, Luke Olson, he uh, coach, uh, legend as well. Um, Chadwick Boseman as well. Um, uh, so yeah, we definitely you know want to send our uh, condolences to the to the families. Um, and uh, yeah, we, a lot of a lot of big people been passing away recently. Yeah, Ch- Chadwick Bozer, man, that that one hit hard for me because it's like, yo, this brother in the past four years played damn near every iconic black figure. It was sick. <laughs> no, and it, it was sick. And, and and you know, you going from movie to movie, you got to go up and down on your weight too. So you got to imagine yep. how tough that must have been on him dealing with that, and then going up and down and weight. I know y'all y'all can't see this at home because it's just a podcast, but the fellas can see, you know, Wakanda Forever. Wakanda Forever. I throw yeah. that up, man. Wakanda Forever. And um and, and John Thompson, you know, and I'm just gonna speak on those two. John Thompson, I, I remember and all through elementary school, junior high school, and you was on the court playing ball. And they'd be like, it's time to lock up. You got to throw that Georgetown defense. You see my motherfucker slap the floor with your hands? Definitely. Oh, that man. definitely was it. Slapping the floor. The definitely. Yo, yo, but you know what the, oh, man. The floor, you can't get crossed up, son. Because if you get crossed up after you slap the floor, you get the nuts out. Like, but that's over. It's over. It's over. It's over. It's <laughs> over. But that was the thing that said, like, yo, when you was talking, when those time to lock up, that Georgetown, bang, slap the court uh-huh. with both hands. All right, it's lock up time. Let's get it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, it, it was it was some major losses, man, because Chadwick was a huge uh, supporter of the NBA, and obviously we know we lost two coaches and a former player. Um, mm-hmm. it's, it sucks, man, because he was he was young, bro, and and we yeah. think about the roles he had already played. Um, he was really on the cusp of taking that next step already. Yeah. Um, you know, Jackie Robinson played Thurgood Marshall. He played James Brown, obviously Black Panther. Mm-hmm. So he had made a major impact and. It's I, I it's different because obviously we look at it as grown men, but I don't know. I I'm, I'm always curious how the kids feel about it too because there are a lot of kids who really love Black Panther. So to know that he passed away, and he was the, you know he was the character of the movie. I'm sure there are a lot of kids who who are struggling with that thought as well. Um, John Thompson, man, I I just remember always seeing him on the sidelines. He coached so many iconic players. Allen Iverson, obviously, is all of our mm-hmm. favorites, but Patrick Ewing, Dikembe Mutombo, um, Alonzo Mourning. Mm-hmm. Like he was the Big East. He he really helped transform the Big East into a power conference because you knew if you had Georgetown on the schedule, you were going to be facing a very good team. Um, and same thing with Lou Dawson. He he changed everything for Arizona. You know, Gilbert Arenas, Richard Jefferson, Mike Bibby. 
he changed things out west. Um, Miles Simon, I hate Miles Simon, right? I hate him. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. When they 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 beat uh, Kentucky in a, in a championship game, like mm. you know, we're, we're talking about like true legends, icons of the game who transformed their program. When you think of Georgetown, you think of John Thompson. When you think of Arizona, you think of Luda Olson. Um, and then obviously Cliff, man. Sean Cliff Elliott. Was a multiple time, right. Cliff was a multiple-time All-Star in the NBA. He was one of the few dudes who was consistently rocking the headband. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, he didn't get a chance to win a championship, but he was on some, on some teams that went to the finals. He was on a Blazers team that went to the finals as well. And, you know, it's unfortunate. He was another young guy, too. He was only 55, bro. Like, none of us think that our lives are going to be over, over that quick. You know what I'm saying? So, all them gentlemen made their mark, man, and, and our thoughts and prayers and condolences to their family, man. Absolutely. I, you know, to, to the Chadwick Boseman, um, you know, that's kind of the overwhelming uh, individual that lost. You know, no, nobody is, is greater than the next person, but, you know, in, in uh, speaking to, I guess, what we mostly was connected to, that, that you know, Chadwick Boseman um, losing his life was, was very impactful. Um, we saw a lot of uh, pictures and videos of him going to visit kids in hospitals and stuff like that while he's, you know, battling cancer, while he's going from this set to that set, you know, all these different things like that. That's impactful in itself because a lot of us, you know, we wake up and stuff happens and we just don't want to do the shit. And we don't realize that, you know, it could be always, it always be 10 times worse than what it is. And we don't realize what's going on with the next person a lot of times. So, for, you know, just to see him, you know, go through all of that and, 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 and still go forth and play these, these pivotal roles and, and be impactful like that, like, it's, it, it was heartbreaking. Um, it, I think his probably was a little bit bigger than other people because you're talking about, like you were saying before, about Black Panther. Like, somebody said, um, I've seen some people say on, on social media that uh, uh, parents are kind of overdoing it with telling their kids that, that uh, Black Panther is there, but it's like, you know, you, you gotta you gotta consider the fact that um, for years and years and years, most of us as black and brown kids, we never had anybody that looked like us as a superhero. Um, so for us to have uh, a person like like that to you know to play this impactful role in a movie like that, to where you see somebody that's a superhero, he's not selling drugs, he didn't do this and do that. We we, we live in a, 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 a euphoria in Africa where we have all the things that we need. You come back and buy the neighborhood. Um, you know, you, you're trying to show people a way, you know, like st- stuff like that is, 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 isn't what we normally get. Um, so, you know, for, for adults and kids, it's, it's a very impactful movie. Like I watched the Marvel movies. You may think that there are other movies that are just important. However, the fact that, like I said, once again, that you're talking about a black individual, a black man that actually, um, you know, was playing a superhero was huge, which we're not talking about an athlete. We're not talking about uh, uh, you know, a drug dealer, a rapper, anything like you're talking about an actor that played these roles that did. He did a lot of biopics, and a lot of people do biopics, but they don't do biopics <laughs> the way he did biopics. You know, you got you got the uh, it was Will Smith, he did biopics, you got uh, uh Jamie Foxx, did biopics, but nobody was doing that many as as Chadwick Boseman, Boseman was doing. Um, the other day they showed Black Panther, I think, on ABC. Um, I didn't want to watch it. However, I watched it because you had to watch it for the culture. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, it was only right. I watched 42 early in the day. I did a ton of uh, 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 projects on Jackie Robinson growing up, so I knew a whole lot about him anyways. Um, but it's, it's just euphoric to see um, a person that, you know, was 43 years of age, um, you know, battle the way he did uh, for his life within the last four years and for him to actually be able to um, do what he did and, you know, uh, 
be, you know, just, just dealing with something real crazy. Real quick, I got an alert from ESPN. They said Fournette just got signed to the uh, Buccaneers, so it's about to be crazy out there. But, yeah. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. Uh, yo, Tom Brady is the most blessed man in football. <laughs> I swear. Listen, they ain't got no, they ain't got no excuses. They ain't yeah. got no excuses oh, yeah. now. They ain't they got no excuses. I, I feel like I yeah. saw that coming, too. Yeah, like I, yeah we, I mean, great off. He's a good running back. They yeah. just didn't want to pay him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they didn't. They didn't. They weren't planning on extending him. I was surprised that they cut him so late, though. I thought they would have either tried to cut him early or trade him. Um, but to, but to your point, though, Sean, and, and it's a great point, man. He he played these roles at at a young age, and he was amazing at them. Um, I think my favorite role was when he did James Brown. I really loved mm-hmm. that role. Um, and then hearing everything he did to prepare for that role um, was dope. Because he said, you know, he had to go back to the town. He had to go back and speak with the family and kind of figure out not just the voice, the mannerisms, because mm-hmm. he wanted to be so much like him in a movie. And the reason I thought, like I mentioned earlier, mm-hmm. and I thought about kids is because my daughter actually put Black Panther on earlier today. You know what I'm saying? Like, she just threw it on, like, oh, I'm going to yeah. watch it again. And that's what it made me think about, because I'm like, man, there were so many kids who watched this, and now they know he's gone. And and maybe they didn't openly idolize him, but obviously they they – they connected him with that character. So now that he's gone, there are going to be a lot of kids looking back at that movie like, man, Black Panther's gone. And, you know, they, that's how they're going to correlate it. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. 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 Like, it, it's, it's crazy, man. So like, one thing yeah, which, I don't which wanna... I... Go ahead, Sean. Go ahead. No, no, no. You, go, you got it. No, I was just going to say, you know, one, one thing about his story, which – which um which I thought was really interesting and I and I liked was, you know, the fact that we saw another legendary, you know, and I don't even want to say black act, legendary actor paying the forward um and putting him in a position to win, Denzel Washington, who wound up paying his tuition because mm-hmm. he wasn't gonna be able <coughs> excuse me to stay in school. And there was Denzel yeah. Washington wound up paying his tuition and then and and you see from from that what he was able to become you know and it just and and it shows you know how how big and how much we can grow as a people if we actually help one another out and and stick together mm-hmm. and that's a perfect example of what we need to be doing because a lot of times you know we're not always the most organized always the most together but that that's just a prime example of what can become out of Reaching back for your brothers and your sisters. Absolutely. One hand wash the other. Both hands wash the face, baby. You know the vibes. You know how that go down. Um, before we get into some other stuff, we ha- we've been having a lot of, um, you know, we've had some issues, you know, military bases and stuff like that. Um, recently, uh, it was uh, some soldiers that were missing in um, Texas in Fort, at Fort Hood. Uh, it was 11 soldiers that were missing. Um, uh, apparently, recently, one of the uh, recent soldiers, I can't remember the names right now, but um, the, the gentleman, he uh, reported someone, uh, I guess, sexually assaulted him or something like that. And uh, as, as a result of that, uh, you know, the, t- the typical, we don't know where he's at, we're trying to find him and stuff like that. Um, you know, we, we were just talking about people respecting the country and the military and stuff like that, like, like, with, with that, with that being said, and then looking at it on the flip side of things, you know, with, with with them doing nasty things or whatever, and them trying to cover stuff up, 
you know, what, what, what type of things were going through your head about, you know, and I, 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 we got to ask you because, you know, you're the one that, you know, you, you were traveling, you know, military family and stuff like that. Like, you know, I don't want to put you in a weird situation or whatever, but like, how, how would you just feel as far as, I guess, just, just being a person, you know, trying to join the military, knowing how certain things uh, go about? Um, I mean, well, first I'll say like in regards to Fort Hood, because I remember before um, the family was relocated from Germany to Maryland, Fort Hood was an option. Mm -hmm. And we had heard a lot of negative things about Fort Hood. Um, so I don't know how much of that plays into this particular situation. So you hear about stuff beforehand, beforehand, right. I'm sorry. You, right, yeah, okay. yeah, because you, okay. you hear like when, when I was in Germany, a lot of them cats was from different parts of the United States. There was some cats I knew that was from New York. They might've been from New York City or from the state. There was a lot of cats that was from Georgia. There was cats who, you know, from the West Coast. But at times, you mm -hmm. know, paths cross. You might've lived there for two years, so you know about the base. And that's how it was when, when I was preparing myself because I was getting ready to graduate high school. And that was a talk like, oh, we going to Fort Hood next. And people I was hearing from was like, yo, it's, it's, it's a little wild over there, bro. Like, you know, just be oh, on yeah? your P yeah, just be on your P's and Q's. It's a little wild. I think a lot of it has to do with the with the location of the base. Because when you're on a okay. military base stateside, it's not the same mm -hmm. as when you're overseas. When you're overseas, you're really isolated from everybody else. Like you you only deal with the people that are on a military base um until you get comfortable enough to kind of explore things that are away from the military base. But when you're stateside, mm -hmm. you know. Like for example, Brooklyn has a military base. You you could be socializing people. Or Hamilton. Right. You could be socializing okay. people when they go back home on the military base. They may come out and hang out and party with you, but when it's time to go home, mm -hmm. they go back there. So yeah. the location of Fort Hood already kind of had a bad um stereotype to it because it was like, yo, the 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 communities that surround Fort Hood were gang infested and it was tough neighborhoods. So Interesting. A lot, okay. Yeah, a lot of times you get again people automatically assume that because you, you're in the military that that's how you grew up. A lot of people who are mm -hmm. in the military went there just for a better life. You could still be hood. You could still come from Absolutely. a rough background, but it's like, yo, I just signed up because this gives me a better opportunity. You know, you go in the military, Absolutely. they're paying for school. You know, so if your dream mm -hmm. is to go to school, they, they're going to pay for that. So mm -hmm. if these people go to Fort Hood and then they associate with people that are off base and things start to happen and you get caught up in certain situations. So I don't know if that played into this particular instance, but I do know Fort Hood does have a, a negative stereotype attached to it. Um, but in regards to things, as you mentioned, um, soldiers coming up missing, and we saw this a few months ago where there was a young woman who uh, came mm -hmm. up missing. And the story attached to that was that she was getting ready to, I think, expose her staff sergeant who had raped her. Same situation. Yep. Yeah. So that is something that's very common in the military. Mm -hmm. um, one of my stepdad's close friends at the time was a, a drill instructor and and he was kind of the person who kind of ran um when you came in for your boot camp you know what i'm saying mm -hmm. and he was very strict on that because he knew that there were guys who would take advantage of females in those situations for people mm -hmm. that don't understand when you're there and you're living in the barracks men out outnumber women probably five to one so mm -hmm. women already got to deal with that you know that tension of men being around them all day every day even though you're not it's sleeping bubble situation Right. Even though you're not sleeping technically next to a man, you're accessible. You know, you're Absolutely. A, a two minute walk away. A dude could be in front of your dorm and, you know, you don't know he was going to be there, whatever the case may be. Mm -hmm. um, and then you have those who are just fucking sick in the head who abuse that power. And 
they understand that I've got this woman cornered and I can take advantage of her because what is she going to do? You, you just can't walk away from the military unless you're going to go AWOL. And yeah. for a lot of people, if, if this is your way out of a bad situation, you might just deal with the abuse until you can't deal with it no more. So it's unfortunate. I hope that we find out what took place with these soldiers um, because there are, like I said, there are instances that I know about personally that are very unfortunate where people have been taken advantage of. Mm-hmm. Shit is crazy, man. It is. Shit is crazy. And, and I just wanted to ask, because like one of my, um, you know, growing up, I had a friend, his father was in the military. You know, the, 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 the typical situation, you know, we only know what we told. Like, we know that you get, you get the discounts on, on, on base and stuff like that, but you don't really hear about, you know, um, this, this, I didn't, I didn't know that there, it was like, you know, little stigmas with certain bases and stuff like that. So like, I, I kind of almost wonder like, what if they tell you like, you have no choice but to go there? You know what I mean? Like, it, 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 do you have a choice in there? Like, it's, it's crazy because. To, to a certain extent, um, it'll like your first duty station where, where you're doing, you know, um, your, your boot camp and, and your schooling, it all depends on what, what your job is. So. Mm-hmm. Um, just to give you guys an example, like my my stepdad was in the mechanical field, like he was repairing tanks. So his first duty station was Fort Knox, Kentucky, because that's where the training was. He was a no limit soldier out here. Let me yeah. find out. Nah, for real, he he that's what he did. And um, once once he had a couple years under his belt, like he went to Kosovo. He had mm-hmm. you know then that's obviously went to overseas and all that. But he would have to go mm-hmm. down to Florida for his trainings after he had a couple years under his belt, but. Again, depending on what your job is, it's going to dictate where you where your first duty station is. Mm-hmm. So you that you have no control over because whatever you sign up for, if you let's say if you go in as a medic and your medic job is in Fort Hood, you got to go. You know what I'm saying? That's mm-hmm. now after you get out of schooling, you, you're able to give them certain options as to where you want to go. You don't get you you're not guaranteed any of those places. But if you're from New York and you say, yo, I would love to go to Fort Hamilton, I would love to go to New Jersey, or I would love to be somewhere on the East Coast where I can get back home easily, they'll try to accommodate you, but there's no guarantee. That I was about to say, that always just seemed real weird to me because like we just mentioned before, like, you know, the military is kind of like college in a lot of sense for, for some people. They want to get away from home. They want to find a way to, to better their life and education. Sometimes people continue to go to school is it for them. So, you know, they, either they rather go get a trade or maybe they want to go away and they want to fight for the country. And, 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 and that's their way of actually, you know, making a means for their family and for, for their self or whatever. So I actually did, didn't know that. That was, that's, that's really interesting. Um, more missing cases. We had 39 kids that was missing in Georgia. Um, these filthy men, um, they arrested them recently. It was, it was three people, and I think they said they had one, one extra person at large. Um, all, all this in light of, uh, in lieu of uh, the Atlanta child murderers, that happened in the early, in the late seventies, early eighties. Um, I was just talking to my um my aunt uh, the other day, and she just was like, "How when I moved down to Atlanta, you know, my family kind of was just all like up in arms, like why, you know, why y'all going down there?" And I had to kind of tell, her, like, "Listen, we wasn't staying downtown Atlanta, but already knew, you know, that the fact that we was in Atlanta." Um, but yeah, so for for that to happen all those years ago, for the stuff to still be going on, we know that child trafficking and sex crime and stuff like that is happening or whatever. But um, it's 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 it's. I I don't even know like it, like when when we continue to hear these same things that happen over and over again like it's 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 just real disheartening like we're we're adults now you know we we hearing we hearing about the same things that we heard about as kids, um it's, it's still people out here that don't value another person's life and they and, and they're fine with trying to sell you to somebody for their bottom line to actually make some money um 
or they just sticking ahead. Um, you know, and what type of things was going through your head? I, I don't, I don't know if you, um, I, I don't know how deep you are with that story, whatever. I know Eric and I actually saw the Atlanta child murder thing as well, but Eric, I mean, uh, and but like, where you at with that? Well, right, so my, 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 honestly, my biggest issue with the situation is that it, it's not being spoken about mm-hmm. more. Um, you know, I'm, I'm seeing, you know, all of these, all of the, our, our presidential candidates speaking and talking to the, like, Devin every day for the past two weeks. And I haven't heard them speak on this, on, on, on what, what was going down um, in Atlanta with, with all of these missing kids. Um, and it's, it's Georgia, it's Georgia. Yeah, in Georgia. Um, yeah. So, but I haven't, I've been heard them speaking on, on this. And this is, this is crazy. What was it, I think it was like, was it 36 kids? 39, 39. 39 excuse me, 30, 39 kids yeah. that, that were that were, were found. And, and 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 we're not speaking about it. I mean we're speaking about it, but yeah. I haven't really heard too much in, in, in the media. This this should be a big deal. And 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 it's sad, but I you know, but but the, the conspiracy theorists in me is it's just like you know, somebody or or because it's not getting the, the 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 publicity that it should be getting. You find thirty nine kids somewhere, that should be on on the front page of every media publication in the world. Mm-hmm. You know yeah. what I mean? And they and they haven't been speaking about that. And I think it's I think it's a damn shame that you know that they that they haven't been speaking about. It. It's a damn shame that thirty nine kids had to be freaking one you know, too many. Yeah, one is too many. We talking about thirty nine yeah. kids. Who the hell is 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 in the state that this is going down? That thirty nine children mm-hmm. and all together together with the this is we talking about one ring organization or whatever that got thirty nine kids and and nobody knows and it's like how long were these kids there? This is what why I'm did, saying. Why why did it take so long for these kids to, to be found? Who's not doing their job? Yeah. yeah. No, that's a fact. And that's and that's why so many people believe that there are larger powers at work, because it's like 39 kids at some point were reported missing. At some point, somebody was looking for them. And yet you just able to find them now randomly. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, who, who tipped you off to this shit? Exactly. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, who, who put you on to let you know this is where you needed to find them kids? So... You know, it's unfortunate. Um, as we talked about the Atlanta child murders, like it's, it, it makes you question so many things, bro. Because it's like one, how sick are you in the fucking head that you're trying to bring harm like this to children? And then two, is like who is allowing you to do this shit, bro? Yeah. You telling me you were able to keep that type of secret that nobody knew? Thirty nine kids was there. Come on, son. Somebody mm-hmm. knew. But well, when and I when I when, when I hear this, I'm sorry, Eric. But when I hear this. My first, I go back to to, to to Epstein. Yeah, and and you see how he was allowed to do what he was able to right. do for years. So that's why I say it got to be somebody that that got some power or some major ties had to be some way connected to this thing because we're, it's it's not getting mm-hmm. the media coverage that it should be getting. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, got some got some got some music stuff going on. Um. Docu series as usual. Uh, we, we had no limit. Now we got Rough Riders. Um, 
I didn't catch the last two episodes. Eric, you were talking about. I think you, you, you. Um, I, I, I guess you, you saw something that I guess brought back some nostalgia for you or whatnot. Um, talk about it on on the Rough Rider joint. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so I, I mean, I thought I thought the Rough Rider joint was ill, uh, as we talked about before, just because of their collection of talent they had. Mm-hmm. Um, but then like um, you know, the the Rough Rider Cash Money tour. Mm-hmm. Um. Obviously, Swiss getting his start. Um, D Block kind of growing off that. I I just thought, like I said, it, it was it was nostalgic for me because I remember when I was in Germany, running around wearing the ski goggles on a fitted hat because you know what I'm saying Yo, that's what the was doing at the time. But they know, <laughs> right? You know what I'm saying. I remember I remember my mom being pissed because I'm I'm in the mall buying different color ski goggles and shit. <laughs> like, the big joints or the little ones, like no, the, the big bad boys joints, <laughs> the big joints sitting to the side of the New yeah. York fitted. You know uh-huh. what I'm saying? Because they got to match the Tims or they got to match whatever joints is on your feet. <laughs> and um, I, I, shit, I ain't going to front. After after I watched the, the, the doc, I was uh, I went back on Spotify. I was like, yo, I got to listen to the Ride or Die albums now. Like, yeah, I got to take yeah. it back to that, man. And yo, we forget sometimes X was a fucking monster, bro. That's a fact. A monster, man. Like the, the amount fact. of music he put out in a short amount of time and all of that shit was hitting. Was crazy. Three albums in two years, bro. Yeah. <laughs> and X didn't get, get involved, get so get so consumed by drugs. Man. But that that's his family though, because his, his uncle said that he um he, he introduced, introduced him to that at a young age, and that kind of and and, yeah. and it kind of just took off in a whole different way. Yeah, I mean, so listen, you, that, you definitely got to be mindful of that. That was that that was that that was that era though. You know, yeah. that was that was definitely yeah. that that era. And we 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 were robbed of 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 a couple you know what I'm saying a couple more years of classic music mm-hmm. from DMX because of the issues that he was facing with drugs and then that led to other things being in and out of prison and, and just so much going on. Um, but I will say this: uh, Eric and I were talking. Uh, was the last time we were talking about this? Eric? Yeah. And I had to I had to text Eric. I'm just, I'm just sitting there. I see. Hold up. The locks and DMX got a new joint now. Um, Yo, I watched the video. Called about shit. shit. And that shit is hard. That I go right back to that documentary era. I had to call Eric, like, yo, did yeah. you see this new shit? Yo, they was going hard. <laughs> I, I fucked with that shit. I was like, oh. I was happy about that, man. And, yeah, you know, X, X look a lot different <laughs> from what oh, yeah, we used yeah. to. But the sound is still there, though. The sound yeah. ain't go. He still got it. Not, I mean, Hollywood changed it for him. I mean, even, even the cats on the docu- documentary were saying that, like, once X started getting that Hollywood money and being around that Hollywood life, it was a lot harder to kind of keep him on track. Because when he was just solely music, it was easy to be like, yo, go in the studio, do this. And that's why I was saying too, like that was one of the illest shit that they had because when we watch all these other crews, we always see this this like typical party type vibe. There's mm-hmm. bitches, there's bottles, we in the studio. Oh, they wasn't with it. Nah, Rough Riders was like, yo, punch in, punch out, bro. Go in here, yeah. knock these songs out. Let's get the fuck up out of here. Let's keep it moving. And so mm-hmm. it, it seemed like when it was just the music, they were able to at least contain him a little bit. He was still DMX. He was still doing wild shit. But they was able to at least contain it a little bit. But once it's Hollywood and you start getting around other people and you getting this money a lot easier, you know, motherfucker give you $20 million to go do a movie. That's easier than you spending six months making music. 
Mm-hmm. Then you yeah. gotta go on tour every right. night. Really work the album. Right. It's a different so, lifestyle you live in Hollywood. Right. And then at that point, then the, the right. drugs is just endless. At that point, because it's like, yo, the, the money ain't never gonna run out. My nigga, they they just sent me ten million dollars today. Like I'm good. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, well, and, bro, as he said when when he was on with us, them checks just keep coming. Right. And with, uh, and with DMX, um, I, I I can't remember who it was who said it. Who, what director? Oh, it was it was the director from um, Romeo Must Die. But they was mm-hmm. like they loved him so much after Roman was died. I think they locked him in for like three more mil- three more movies at fifty million dollars. Right That's after, fire. so That's fire. like he already had bread from the music, and now you throwing million like tens of millions of dollars at me. Fuck, yeah, good. You know what was crazy to me though when they was like that. Yo, X went to jail. Are right, you gonna come out with some shit? Right, <laughs> he about to come out with some fire. <laughs> yeah, right. And it's and it's and it's, it's it's funny, but it's not funny because like. He really had to get to a whole place of solitude or, you know, within himself to be away from everybody to actually be able to create. So when, you know, it, well, oh, I don't know what I was going to ask you guys. How do you guys feel about, you know, um, you know, I, I mentioned that he was introduced to drugs by a relative of his. How do you guys feel about people like introducing like drugs and alcohol to kids at a young age or whatnot? Because some people, you know, that's just a normal, you know, maybe around the holidays and stuff like that. Like, how do you guys feel about that? Well, all right. So I've got two... I guess I guess different films because you know, one would be inside of the home, and one mm-hmm. would be outside of the home. Outside of the home, you might be on the block, you know. what I'm saying chilling with the older cats, they might have a little weed out there. Some of them cats, they might be like the Staten Island cats, might throw a little cocaine in the blunt, something like mm-hmm. that. Look, some somebody throw a little crystals in the blunt. But that's that's one thing, and that's a little bit harder to to I guess to control. Um, just because it's it's outside, like you, there's no, you know, what I'm saying your parents ain't around, nothing like that. But inside the home, you know, what I'm saying, and I come, I come from a, a, a family of dealers and users, so I mm-hmm. I can speak firsthand. And I'm talking about cracking the soap dish inside the crib, mm-hmm. being cut up right in front of me, type of mm-hmm. type of situation. Um, now, granted, I, I was fortunate enough that that wasn't something where my mom was just passing down like I right, yo yeah. dad, you could you could try this out if you want to or my you know my, mm-hmm. my my pops you know god rest his soul wasn't on some past that you know y'all go ahead and try that but I know you know my mom she she might take a little swig of uh, uh, my grandfather's beer mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying or he might have a little bottle she might get a little swig of that now we might not have been doing the hardcore drugs you know what I'm saying but but the alcohol which also can that leads to Doing those drugs, and I know, like my mom. You think so? Yeah, my mom was because my mom was doing mm-hmm. doing drugs at a young age. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. My dad, my my dad, so they were both doing drugs at, at young ages. You know, high school. You know, early, early, early on. So it, I mean, it's it's crazy that you would even think that that is something that would be experienced in the home. But when we're talking about the 80s and and the 90s and, and the crack era. We talking about when they was calling it reefer and dope. Everything was dope and reefer. Yeah. <laughs> so, it, you know, it definitely happened. I, I know it happened yeah. a lot, especially in, in my community in, in Brooklyn. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Like, I, I know I know it was, go, it was going down a lot where, you know, kids was, 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 it was dibbling dabbling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and unfortunately, in our communities and where we grew up, um, it's the norm. You know what I'm saying? Because, uh, we could be at a kid's party and a motherfucker break out a bottle. Oh, that's a fact. 
Yeah, that's course, a big right? fact. Listen, you you know certain parties that in at a certain time, it's for adults. It's not even right. for the kids. That's a baby right. shower. Right. That's an easy but, one. But but yeah. no, but I'm saying that it's unfortunate. Again, that's only that's something that's the norm within our community. As Anthony mm-hmm. mentioned, like you know, um, I had a father. Who, my my biological father. I don't say I have. I had a father. My biological father sold and he used. Um, mm-hmm. him. And my mom separated when I was young. I was introduced to drinking at a young age because. When I was Same. nine, 10, 11 years old, mom, because my mom had me so young, when they would have company over and hanging out, it was nothing to, you know, take Drinking a little sip back in the day. Right. You know what I'm saying? Or when I would be hanging out with my uncle at, at his baseball games and all that, you know, after the juice and the soda run out, you'd be like, yo, Theo, I'm thirsty. He'll pass you a Heineken. Yo, take a sip of that. You know right. what I'm saying? So, <laughs> you know, it, it is true. Like, it's, it's unfortunate because we build up this tolerance at an early age that we're not supposed to have. So as yeah. I said, then before you know it, you start trying other things because now when you 19, 20, you done been drunk a couple times before. All of us have been drunk before we was legally able to drink. But no, I wasn't. You, I started drinking because I was 22. Oh, I will see you. You're the but exception. I, but, 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 I saw, but I saw a lot of drinking growing up. So right. That's why it's, it's, it kind of yeah, put if, me if, in a different direction. If your ass was, so was, was, was in college, your ass would have been drunk. No, no, I wouldn't. Right. I guarantee you, I wouldn't have. Oh, you, you know anybody right? that know me? You playing You know, you know anybody that know me from back then? They they would have told you I used to be in parties like wild and be sober. Like I, that just wasn't my thing because right. of what and, I saw and, growing up. Right, and and that's what I'm saying. You were the exception, but a lot of us mm-hmm. were in situations where it was the norm for a family member to pass you a little something. Or like mm-hmm. Anthony said, if you had a, a cousin, older cousin who smoked, they might take you with them. Yo, come take this yeah. walk with me. And then before you know it, they pass you the joint or the blunt. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So, that's yeah, it's, I was smoking and drinking in the dorms. Yeah. And that's 18, know, oh, 17. Yeah. I, so. I, I think I had my first, I think I had my first pull from a blunt when I was like 12, 13. You, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> young boy. I'm not going to lie, son. Because, young again, boy. yeah, because, but I mean, some of that too was that I had a, a cousin who was three years older than me so he already was mm-hmm. living life. Like the first time I got drunk with yeah. him, I came home yeah. from vacation and I was like 15, 16. And he used to hang out with niggas out in Corona, Queens. And they sipping on cheap liquor and he'll pass me the cup. Yo, gotta take a little swig. So I'm like 16, like my chest is burning. Like, yo, what the fuck is this? You know what, what I'm headache. saying? <laughs> yeah, because I, I might have sipped my mom's wine or something before. I'm not drinking hard liquor. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. What the fuck is this? Yeah. You got so, you in the yeah. You drinking Cisco? <laughs> Mad Dog 2020. Mad Great flavor. MD. Great flavor. Great flavor. <laughs> you, know, you, you, was drinking, you was drinking old English, nigga. M- oh, MD 2020. Oh, yeah. And the same yeah. eyes. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, you know what I'm saying? You <laughs> piss me stink as shit the next morning. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Your breath be stink. Everything. Everything. But, again, it's it's unfortunate that's that's the backgrounds we come from and a lot of times we get introduced to it and there's some people who have these addictive personalities that they hold on to it stronger than other people i can mm-hmm. honestly say you know what i'm saying i don't i don't need a drink every day i don't need to do any of those things i can still wake up for work and do what i gotta do but there are other yeah. people who can't they become so dependent on it and like yeah. dmx case he was introduced to that early and as anthony yeah. mentioned which is a great point when when he was smoking somebody had laced the joint so now he he yep. 14, 15, he thinking he's smoking weed, he addicted to crack already. Yep. Mm-hmm. And he he can never kick high. it. Yeah, now now you're always chasing that high. You know what's crazy? It just made me think about because Friday comes on a million times a week, and I watch it probably every time. But we joke about 
uh, uh, the uh, the essays giving uh, Smokey the, the lazy joint, and he he woke up in Debo's chicken coop. Although that shit was funny, <laughs> that shit happened to him in real life. <laughs> all right, you don't want to wake up in the chicken coop the next morning because it can get real crazy. All right, especially for somebody like Debo. Yes, sir. Um, no, yeah, and, and that'd be the thing. It's something like, and it's that to them, they're not even lacing it. That's just how yeah. they smoke their their weed. Yeah. They put stuff in it. So for you, mm-hmm. you might you smoke weed just just weed on some regular, and then you start. Mm-hmm. That's why you, you ain't supposed to be smoking with everybody because you don't. They trying to get high high. Somebody yeah, with somebody putting a blunt. They, yeah, they trying to get a whole different type of high. Cause I remember you know at one point, dust was like one of the, the big things. My folks was 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 doing dust. Uh. Um, you know, so yeah, you gotta you you gotta be careful with that because you get the wrong blunt, shoot, you are gonna be fucked up. I know, I know a lot. Wu Tang used to talk about that shit. How they used to have them the Woolies. Oh yeah, so that was the so Woolies. Yep. Yeah. So it wasn't even a thing where you were smoking a lace blunt. That's just how they smoked, and you might not have known, and you wound yeah, up smoking regular. that shit. And you, now you fucked up in the head. You geeking and tweaking. Regular, regular. That's a that's a fact. Uh, before we get up out of here, um, Hot 9-7, staple of hip-hop. You know, no matter if you're from New York or not or whatever, you know about Hot 9-7. Um, uh, there was an executive, an ad executive uh, named, by the name of Patty Duke. Name sounds suspect, like he put in work anyways. He's from Bensonhurst. And for those of you that don't know about Bensonhurst, uh, that's in Brooklyn. And in, uh, it's a lot of uh, Caucasian and Asian uh, people in those particular communities. It's not like those are uh, maybe the bed the East New York. It's one, of, it's one of the white neighborhoods. Yeah, you know, white, uh, one of those neighborhoods. Um, well, back in the late 80s, um, a young man by the name of uh, Yusuf Hawkins uh, went to inquire about a car. Um, he came from East New York uh, with two of his friends, two or three of his friends, and what ended up happening was uh, he was uh, pretty much safe by mob and ended up losing his life. Um, the uh, particular person in question by the name of Patty Duke, uh, he says that he was uh, swept up because he was around. However, um, it was pretty much uh, stated that he was implicated that he was a part of the actual, um, you know, the hate crime. Um, for those of you that are not familiar with uh, Patty Duke, he actually, uh, not Patty Duke, but um, Yusuf Hawkins, he actually was killed. Uh, he was young uh, and he was going to Bensonhurst uh, in New York City. Um, and it just was kind of crazy. I think I had this on here for last week, but I think it was kind of crazy that, um, it made me even think to myself, cause he, this happened in 89. This is what now 2020, we're talking about 30 years later, 31 years later, potentially we might be working with people <laughs> that have done some crazy shit like this that we know nothing about, nothing about. Um, are you guys familiar with the story? Um, um, I haven't seen a recent doc on it, but I, I remember the story. And to your point, it's true. There are a lot of people that we might be working with now um, in some way, shape, or form or capacity that um, have hate in their heart. And they just hide it better now than they did back then, or they found a way to hide it now so that no one would ever know what they did back then. But it's, mm-hmm. it's not that far-fetched to believe because we got to remember – Again, we're talking about this incident taking place 31 years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Central Park Five took place about 30 years ago. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure there's still people that were tied into that case who are still roaming the streets and who are still working with the community in some way, shape, or form. You know, the, shit. The Donald Trump is our president. The streets. Right. Yeah. So it's, it's, not that, it's not that crazy to, to imagine that 
these people are still out here working amongst us and just hiding better than they did before. Because mm-hmm. I don't even think they even really started having like background checks until maybe about maybe 15 to 20, not even that long ago. Like they wasn't really doing background checks on people or whatever. Like, whereas, and, 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 and that kind of plays into the, the shit that we talking about all the time, everything that's going on. It's crazy how he, he's an Italian, um, Italian guy. Like a lot of people come to New York and they think New York is very diverse. It is diverse, however, everybody has their neighborhoods. Um, I'm talking about going to Bensonhurst. It might sound cool, but you ain't gonna see too many people that look like us in the, in certain neighborhoods or whatever. And that's one of those neighborhoods. Um, but yeah, it's just it 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 it, it was real weird because um, you know you listen to Ero and these guys and everybody else up on the morning show. They didn't they know they knew nothing about it. They didn't even know this man's a uh, 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 real name. Cause all his names in the email was saying Patty Duke. Like I was, I was thinking I had posted something on Twitter the other day. I said I had cousins. I didn't even know their real name until like recently on Facebook. So I can definitely understand how that's a situation, especially when you're in a system that that protects you as a white man. Like, listen, you definitely can get away with that. Man, um, fact. um, Ti Fifty. Uh, Ti was coming from Fifty. Uh, he's trying to get the verses. Versus got uh was a dub. However, they did get a show deal out of this. Um, um, Fifty's like I think he on his third network now, man. Fifty, Do you do you think that the, the, the trajectory of uh maybe a DMX could possibly have been like a uh, like a Fifty Cent, so to speak? As far as with the acting. As far as acting. Yeah, show yeah. well, I mean, I don't think I don't think X was writing and producing uh tv i think he was mostly just acting but i will say that dmx is probably top three rapper actors um out there and i know like you said he i mean yeah got a, a you know at 50 million or whatever to do three more movies right after romeo must die so i know he was definitely mm-hmm. doing his thing um so he would have definitely been i think x would have definitely still been acting um had he not had those issues um as far as with the drugs and everything um, mm-hmm. But you know, but I mean, it's 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 tough to say with Fifty. Um, it would, I mean, if he would be would do what Fifty is doing, because again, like I said, Fifty creates a lot of that content that we see. Like he's the creator, yeah. whereas X was X was 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 acting and the and the stuff. But Fifty is acting, but he's also the producers, the writers, directing stuff. So kind of you know, we we don't know because kind of could have should have what type of thing. Yeah. So yeah. Because that's always the transition. The next step mm-hmm. would, would probably be writing, or he might have had someone that that was in the camp, or maybe you know what I'm saying that was writing or something where could have, but you know we won't know. But it, I mean, it's, it's all possible. Yeah, I mean, it, it's really the the biggest difference between those two guys is the business acumen. Uh, Fifty understood, you know, monetizing when he was hot, um, and he was smart enough also to instead of just getting a typical advertising check from Vitamin Water, he got shares in the company. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So when they sold later on, he 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 ten tenfold made what he would have made had he just gotten it for advertising. Um mm-hmm. and then his understanding, you know, uh G Unit clothing, um the video game, um, really branding himself in that that way until he sneakers, was ready. To make, yeah, the sneakers, that. until he was able to transition himself where DMX was an artist who was transitioning to acting, but he never made the full business trans transition. So that's the, the mm-hmm. biggest difference between them two. But in regards to music, I, I think even DMX's catalog might be stronger than 50s. Again, we're talking five straight number one albums. 
So yeah. he got a lot of music that that is timeless. Um, and and I think he's better than Fifty in that sense. He just wasn't the business. He came out 50. the gate strong. He came out the gate swinging like a motherfucker. But it, we saw the decline. Whereas, like you said, X had five of them things. <laughs> right. <laughs> true. True. Before we leave, gotta ask you about your homegirl Adele because uh, uh, Labor Day is Labor Day weekend, and we saw how on the park we we're looking like a yard girl. All right, and then and then I got, I want to know how y'all feel about Adele outside looking like how she was looking. I ain't really tripping. It is what it is. Listen, you you could say it's culture appropriating, but shit is a lot different in a lot of these other countries and stuff like that. Um, I'm glad she wasn't in a black face because that would have made shit ten times worse. Um, you know, if she wants to be uh, not Karen, what's the other white girl? Uh, Dozar. If she wants to be her, oh yeah, 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 Rachel, yeah, yeah. Rachel, 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 Dozar. Rachel Dozar, rock out. All right, so I'm gonna ask you about that, and I also want to know, you know, about how you feel about the Brandy and Monica because that shit was epic too. I was about to say we wasn't gonna end up this show without talking about the queens, the two black That's queens that, that that had a, had an amazing versus battle taking back, you know, and and I'm talking about, and and they both got some got some joints, they got joints mm-hmm. together, they got joints separately, they got collabos. It, it it was it was a classy, sexy '90s affair. Oh, you wanna see Monica Shade? Listen, well, I mean, they, you know, they got their little little rivalry, but I will, I, I, I love, I love um, when Brandy played the boy is mine. I love how she went and told that story, you know, what I'm saying, or, or and gave Monica her flowers. So even with that, it was like, you know, Brandy mm-hmm. was still, you know, she was, she said, you know, no, we, we wanted Monica because she was the hottest at the time. So she definitely gave her a flowers, and I know, you know. Oh, I don't know personally because you know sometimes you got the controversy going back and forth, and the media could, you know, take things way left. You know, what I'm saying something they did with mm-hmm. the with the East Coast West Coast beef and turn that into something when it was really just two men. You had a riot, you, you, you was down with the you was down with the Brandy and Monica beef. You wasn't with the East Coast West Coast, huh? No, nah, I wasn't. I wasn't. I wasn't. I wasn't with that because it wasn't no East Coast West Coast beef. It was two men. Really, it was one man that didn't fuck with cool. the other guy. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I'm saying, and he kept yeah. just kept going at him. But with Brandy and Monica, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, they they we you know we can't have multiple of our people on top at the same time, and that's that's not mm-hmm. just in in music. That's that's and in women movie. as well, and yeah, women and, and and you know they do that in comedy where we can't mm-hmm. have have multiple black comedians doing their thing in film and comedy at the same time. They do it with the woman where we can't have more than one woman at the top. So they you know they gotta have these issues and, and whatnot. But I love the versus battle. Um this is another goodie where you gotta sit in and just and just vibe out because th- you know they both had music that really catered to the time and music that when you when you throw it on today you just get in a, a feel good kind of zone. Monica That's had the uh, the show going challenge which was uh, less than a year this ago. Is right, yeah. That was one of the one of the biggest fucking challenges you know what I mean? So they, again, man, shout out to those two queens. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I, I loved it. I, I wanted. I want to see more. That was that was the era, man. Yeah, I actually haven't got the chance to sit down and watch it um, start to finish. I've, I've caught bits and pieces, um, but as I've said before, I know it's going to be a win for the culture and for hip hop because we know what both these women meant to the culture. So I'm looking forward to completing that. Um, so this was a Snoop uh, DMX versus. Okay. It was like that. That's the vibe you get. You know what I'm saying? It was one of those. And you know how that one was. Right. That's how this was just with the ladies. 
and R and B. Right. And in regards to the other question, Sean, I'm just gonna keep it short and sweet. Um, <laughs> I'm not mad at Adele, um, you know, for the hair and all that, but don't don't come with that look if you have not been speaking out uh in regards to social justice. Yes. Yeah. Simple as that. Absolutely. So that, that, go, that goes for Chet Hanks. That goes for everybody. Like, listen, we don't, anybody that's ever been invited to the cookout, <laughs> you know, listen, something. You, you, something, you, you invited, but we checking you as you get into the park just to make sure your, your seat is still good. We checking your temperature and we checking this, checking to see what's going on <laughs> with you. Exactly. And, 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 the, and the words of the immortal queen from this show, Emerald Marie, you can't have our, our rhythm and not our blues. So yeah, y'all here, you know, eating off us and, and, and our and our culture, you better be speaking out as well. I don't got no That's problem if you rock with us and you speaking up and you doing what's right. But if you ain't out here doing the right thing and you ain't out here speaking up on the on, on all of this this um this stuff that's going on in this country with police brutality, all of these social injustices, when we jacking our culture and trying to eat off of us like y'all been doing for so long. That's a fact. Listen, man. Oh, <laughs> really quick, have to be said. Really quick though, before we get out of here, and I met uh, Eric. I know this one is for you. I um, saw it. I in, saw it. Yeah. Rest in peace to to Tom Seaver. That was that was y'all y'all mm. y'all World Series uh running back in '86. Man, he was he was your guy. Rest in peace yeah. to, to him. Well, he wasn't with us in '86, but he helped us in '69. And, um, right. He he was he was Jacob the Grom before Jacob the Grom. So he definitely is a legend mm. um, in our organization. Well, shout out to Jimmy Butler too. Jimmy Jimmy got him up 2-0. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the game on behind me. I'm not even looking right now, but listen, man. It, it, we we, we watch we watching it. <laughs> we can see it. We good. Thanks. Thanks for putting it on in the background, Sean. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna ask you to sit closer yeah, to the TV yeah. next time. Yeah, yeah. we're gonna ask you to sit closer to the TV next time. <laughs> we need, we need I'm gonna turn TV view. off. I'm, I'm gonna turn TV <laughs> off like you a kid doing homework. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, but yeah, man. Other than that, man, I think I think it's I think it's that time, man. Word, man. Listen, we in here weekly shooting shit. You know the vibes. We be back next week, man. Try to come to you. Listen, we out here like motherfucking match like ninety five, man. We'll keep throwing them at you every week. All right, you know what it is. Yes, sir. Y'all be cool, like y'all be cool. Motherfucking shit.